words that we consider on this celebration of the Ascension come from Paul's letter to the Ephesians chapter 1. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people, and His incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength He exerted when He raised Christ from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. God placed all things under His feet and appointed Him to be head over everything for His church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. This is the Word of our God. God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. One of the books that I read, or rather that I listened to over this past year, was called Countdown 1945. And it detailed the lead-up, the 116-day lead-up to the dropping of the first atomic bomb on Japan in World War II. From the death of President Roosevelt to the ascension of the new president, Harry Truman, to him being made aware of the Manhattan Project and the wrestling that he went through to decide whether or not to drop that atomic bomb. And one of the things that he wrestled with, with was the fact that at this point in time, everything was still theoretical. Theoretically, you could split an atom, causing a chain reaction which would create an explosion far beyond the likes of which anyone had ever seen. But that was just in theory. Nobody knew if it would actually work or not. That is, until the summer of 1945, in the desert of New Mexico, the Trinity test tested the first atomic bomb. And the results were both incredible, but also devastating. When that bomb exploded, it exploded with the force of 19,000 tons of TNT. Put that into perspective. Most conventional bombs would be lucky to get one ton of TNT worth explosion. Much less, 19,000. The force of the explosion was unfathomable. The power vastly outnumbered any explosion before it. 
And it's that idea of unfathomable power, something so far beyond anything that we can think of or imagine that I want to keep in your mind as we celebrate yet another church festival. It's a church festival that is often goes overlooked because we have Christmas, we have Easter, and next week we'll be celebrating Pentecost. But it's the festival of the Ascension. When Jesus ascended into heaven, here we are seven weeks removed from Easter. And we remember the 40 days that, that Jesus spent on this earth after he rose from the dead, talking with his disciples, walking with his disciples, training them to, to carry out this mission after he was gone. And yet, with his ascension, he was unlocking something so powerful the disciples wouldn't even be able to comprehend it. He was unlocking to his disciples unfathomable power. And when you think about it, the Apostle Paul, the guy who wrote the book of Ephesians, is a pretty good guy to talk about power, both from an earthly standpoint and also a heavenly one. Think about who Paul was, what he was growing up. He came from a prominent Jewish family. He had Roman connections because we know that he was a Roman citizen which carried with it incredible privilege in the Roman Empire. And then he, he chose a career choice that would make any parent proud. I want to follow the way of the Lord more closely. And so they had him sit at the feet of one of the greatest rabbis of his day, Gamaliel. And as Paul continued to grow, he surpassed his peers in the likes of Judaism, growing in power and prestige. And when this little Christian sect began to sprout up from Jerusalem, he did everything he could to be able to squash it thinking that he was doing God's will. He had everything he could have ever wanted. And then he threw it all away. What would cause him to do that? First of all, that's one of the questions that we are asking in our Sunday morning Easter apologetic Bible class. But the simple answer is this. When Paul had this much power, he found something that was even more powerful. And that was the appearance of the risen Lord Jesus to him in a very special way on the road to Damascus. And it completely changed his life. It gave him an unquenchable thirst to know more about Jesus. The unquenchable thirst to be able to share as much about Jesus as he could, as far as he could, as quickly as he could. It not only far surpassed the power that he had in his previous life, but it was even worth the punishments that he was now getting. As he was sitting in a jail cell in Rome, chains around his hands and his feet, and yet this did not well, his desire to share the gospel, but rather increased it. Because he didn't know how much time he had left, and so he wanted to make the most of every opportunity. It's with this in mind that he writes the letter that we have before us this morning, the letter to the Ephesians. And he starts in this way. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. 
The book of Ephesians is a little bit unique among the letters of Paul. It does not have some major doctrinal controversy that Paul needs to address or major strife within the congregation. And so instead, Paul can devote his time and energy into the people of Ephesus, the Christians in that congregation, and just encourage them to continue in the faith, to strengthen their faith. And he continues by saying this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. This is not just the prayer of the Apostle Paul to the Christians living in Ephesus. This is the prayer of every pastor for his congregation. This is my prayer for you. I keep asking God that He may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know Him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart might be open to see the unfathomable power of God in His Word, the unfathomable power that God works in your life. And I pray that because I know there's another power at work. It's the power of this world, a power that, that wants nothing to do with this power of Christ. And we can see it all over. It's a power that we have at one time or another been attracted to, gravitated towards, just like the Apostle Paul 2,000 years ago. Whether it's the power that a gearhead likes in just having more horsepower in his engine, or it's the power of the millennial trying to climb the corporate ladder, or even as parents who want only the best for their children, nothing but the best is going to satisfy no matter what the cost. We all have in some way, sometime, been tempted with that insatiable lust for more power, more control in our life, more prestige, more acknowledgement, more success. And while in and of itself this is not wrong, it becomes wrong when it drives us away from the power of God. And in the end, it's really the devil that's behind all of these efforts. It's the devil who will do anything he can to separate us from the unfathomable power that is found in Christ, either by making the powers of this world seem a lot more appealing or putting down the power of Christ and saying, you know what, it's not really all that powerful at all. Or he might even say, you can have both, it doesn't matter. He doesn't need to get you to sin so long as he distracts you from the unfathomable power that we have in Christ. And I think he does a pretty good job at that as well. He's had several thousand years of practice after all. Think about this question. When you walked in here this morning, or any time that you walk in here for worship, did you say to yourself, wow, I am entering a powerful place with powerful people doing powerful things? Or something like that? 
Most of the time, I don't think that way. Instead, when I come in here, I can come in and say, this is a very beautiful, yet on the smaller size, building. The people are very nice, but powerful, eh, maybe one or two. We're able to gather 15 to 20 people on a Saturday, 40 to 50 on a Sunday, maybe 10 for a Bible class. Those don't seem like powerful numbers. Just like that, the devil has already convinced us that when we come here, it's not a powerful experience. And that's not even digging into our personal lives. That while we can put on a good show on the outside, while we can seem like we're in control, seem like we have accomplished something or, or we have a certain amount of power, when we look at our lives, we really realize we don't have all that much. That we aren't as in control as we want to be. We don't have as much power as we want to have. We, we always want to be able to achieve more. We're not satisfied with where we're at. We don't even have control over our own temptations. We keep going back to again and again. So often we do feel nothing like powerful, but rather the exact opposite, powerless. And no doubt the Ephesians living in Ephesus 2,000 years ago felt exactly the same way. Which is another reason why Paul wrote that letter to them. Writing to them not to find power on the inside, not to find power in a group of numbers, but rather to find power in Him. Here again Paul's words. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know Him better. Why is it important to know Him? So that you may know His incomparably great power for us who believe. And believe me, it is an unfathomable power. The same unfathomable power that raised Jesus from the dead, that ascended Him to the heights of heaven. The same unfathomable power that has banished away your sins forever. The unfathomable power that has written your name in the book of life. It's a power that far exceeds anything in this world. May God open your eyes to see that power. Because it's not just a power that happened when Jesus was raised from the dead. It's not just a power that we look forward to for all eternity. It's a power that we have and possess right here and right now. And Paul makes sure to tell the Ephesians just that. The power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also the one to come. Where our first two Scripture readings looked at ascension from an earthly point of view, Paul looks at it from a heavenly point of view. 
Luke stops when the disciples can't see him anymore, and that's where Paul picks up. What happened after that? Did you hear what Paul said? God seated him at his right hand. Oftentimes, the President of the United States is called the most powerful person in the world because of the control he has over the military and nuclear codes. And yet the power that Jesus has right now far exceeds even that. What is Christ doing with all that power? He's not just sitting back in a lounge chair watching TV, but He's using it for us, for the good of His church. Paul says this, God placed all things under His feet and appointed Him to be head over everything for the church, which is His body. He uses His unfathomable power today to continue to grow and strengthen our faith, to be able to calm our worries, to be able to comfort our sorrows. He uses His unfathomable power to be able to bring people into His kingdom through the waters of baptism, to strengthen their faith in the Lord's Supper. And He uses you to accomplish that. Through you, He invites people into His kingdom. You are His hands and His feet as you express the love of Christ to your friends and neighbors. This is how unfathomable power works best. Does God need us? No. And yet He chooses to use us and give us this unfathomable power. Now in the years since World War II, mankind has come up with ever more destructive weapons of mass destruction that, that far exceed even that first atomic blast. And when we look at the spiritual state of our worlds, many might say that, that the power of evil is increasing day by day. But even if that is true, in the end, what does it matter? Or to put it more bluntly, who cares? Not that we shouldn't be concerned about it, but we don't need to worry about it because of two words, unfathomable power. The unfathomable power that our God wields today. The unfathomable power that we wield here at Palis Lutheran Church the unfathomable power that you wield as a blood-bought child of God. May God open our eyes to see this unfathomable power every time we open His Word, every time we gather around His Word and sacraments for worship, every time we go out and share the love of Christ with our neighbors. And may God give us success when we wield this unfathomable power. Amen. Now may he who began a good work in you carry it out to completion on the day of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.